Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Production to Channel 4's season of French New Wave films, which begins next Saturday. La photographie, c'est la vérité. Et le cinéma, c'est 24 fois la vérité par seconde. Light, camera, action! Hello, and welcome to the Sun Cinema Podcast, a weekly radio show that examines the highs and lows of the medium of film through the filtered lens of Washington, D.C.'s only privately owned art house cinema, Suns. I'm your host, Jason Cauley, and I'm here with my co-host, as always, and the founder of Sun Cinema, Ryan Hunter Mitchell. Ryan, how are you doing? Hi. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, I, I can understand French. I refuse to, uh, but we brought in a translator today, uh, uh, Max Johansson, closeted Frenchman, uh, Max... Friend of the podcast. Johansson, Johansson? Uh, Johansson. Johansson. For, for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> Johansson. Johansson. Uh, what did... Uh, that was a Godard quote what did he say the first thing he said was photography is truth and then i missed a little bit of the second part but cinema is 24 uh truth at 24 frames per oh second. got That's you his, okay you know, classic yeah that Godard. Godard. yeah that makes sense and then it sounded like anna karina maybe had said lights camera action yes Interesting. <laughs> another another classic quote groundbreaking right. the french they're so profound like there must have been some person who was the first one to say that and i wonder if there was like a moment of wonder among the crew of like what? did we hear that right. well it's yeah just... it's like totally like a thing cecil beating the mill would say yeah you know, right like that lights like camera action yeah. and like all the crews like do we just say that from now on? Right. Is, that, is this the thing? Is this All right. Wow. <laughs> wait, say that again. <laughs> Somebody else. It's like, oh, God, wait. I just have to hear it one more time. One more time. All right. This is our, our episode on uh, French New Wave. Uh, With a twist. But, you know, an episode on French New Wave, we would have to do like a four-parter. It's exhaustive. And, and what it's are all we, been said. Yeah. What are we going to say that's going to be enlightening in any, you know, way, shape, or form? So... What we decided we, we would do, yeah. and at Ryan's suggestion, and, and a smart one at that, was we're just going to focus on the left bank, uh, which was happening, you know, blocks away at the essentially at the exact same time as the French New Wave. Um, a lot of times they get lumped into the uh-huh. French New Wave. A lot of times they're a footnote to the French New Wave. And they're just now, I would say, uh, with things like Criterion and, and people's access to things, you know, uh, like Canopy and all of those things, the availability of, of an Agnes Varda film or a Chris mm-hmm. Marker film, uh, Jacques Demy, uh, Alan Resney. Yeah. I mean, like all of these guys, William Klein, you can find their stuff now. Yep. And so now we can have a larger conversation in context because you've actually seen some of these things. Yeah. And you can tell a difference in philosophy and you can tell a difference in technique and tone and... Um, yeah, I mean, the yeah. left bank stands on its own. It truly yeah. does. It's worth uh, re-examining now. I mean, I think it, at times we get noted in, in contemporary press at the time of like, oh, there is this little movement of the left bank group. It's the, the similarities and yeah. the differences would be pointed out. But now it's worth like really re-examining. You know, it's a different movement. 
Right. And uh, uh, there's differing opinions on who coined the phrase. I uh-huh. mean, some people give credit to Godard and I mean, it's just all over the map. But I mean, it was something during that time in Paris that was being discussed cinematically, you know. And we're gonna difference. we're gonna get real deep into this, uh, except it's gonna be completely derailed by the, uh, the, tw- <laughs> the 2020 Oscar nominations just came Yay. out. So wait a minute, we're gonna do the second part of the show about a subset or separate yeah. <laughs> French New Wave movement. We're gonna find the out Left Bank. which one it is, <laughs> and preceding that, we're gonna talk about the Academy Award nominations for Hollywood. I love it. It's great. It's- such this a is something flow. for everyone. <laughs> we'll take a brief break in between for everyone to reset. Right, right, right. Uh, now, maybe we'll try to figure out how to tie oh, together. Guys, but let's talk to the Oscars. Guys, 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 the Oscars. Jesus. All right. Where do Never we... ending frustration for me. Okay. Always. And, and, and philosophically and just in their straight up picks. So um, we always, I think already all of us are kind of jaded on the Oscar. It's, it's oh, of course yeah, everyone's no, jaded I mean, on the Oscars. Sure. And yeah, awards in general, we talked about, you know, uh, Golden Globes last week and I kind of had a mini philosophical meltdown because yeah. I am of like six minds on these things where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I get the business part and I get the celebration of great, you know, works of art technically, you know, qu- air quotes are happening in here. Right. But um, then there's also like, we're just self-grandizing and you know this is just another opportunity for advertisers to you know to spend right. money and to get us to buy things <laughs> right and the idea uh, that the art itself can be a political statement but the awarding of the art can also be a political oh, statement or a social and, and has become know? almost <laughs> mandatory of course like um, well, we have to single out like even if it's not the the most deserving uh, of an award this season we have to single out this one film because it's our cause celebre um, right there we go we'll and just if, we'll just say a bunch of French in, words that's how we'll tie it and in the acceptance you know <laughs> oh, it's, sure. a, it's a given that you know we've got to address whatever's going on in the world so that we we look like we're in touch sure and we're of the people and you know then we've got to have our own causes you know that we're going to stand up for and, and right. talk about as I mean it's just become this weird machine. Which, I don't want to go back down the Gold Globes route, but it's going to happen yeah. at the Oscars, yeah. too. Sure. So. But, and, and, you know, on the one hand, I understand that people recognize they have a huge platform. And if there's ever going to be a time where there's exactly. millions of eyes. I get it. Yeah, that this is then. And, like, there have been many historical examples of that, like Marlon Brando works. and Cher. You know, like, there are valuable political statements to be taken out of that. Um, it's a great platform. On the other hand, I mostly just agree with Ricky Gervais. Oh, I, I don't look. Uh, uh, there's not a guy that's more out of touch with you know the the common man than Ricky Gervais, other than maybe Larry David. Um, but doesn't mean he's not true in what he's saying. Like, just come up here and say thanks, thank your agent, and yeah. sit down. We we get it. Yeah, this you know? doesn't need to be a whole. And that's you know. my whole thing. Like, if you want to get up there and just taking the political debate out of it, in my mind, what that should be is the focus of why you're there. Right. You know, this film. Let, let me talk about the people who are involved in making this film, what or we were hopefully able to accomplish. The and, message or the yeah, meaning behind the film. And the meaning behind the film, exactly. And then, and then thank you and move on. See, mm-hmm. I'm all like, yeah, use this show for all that you can. Get whatever you're going to try to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think the politics mostly suck and our, <laughs> our uh, 
like shallow signifiers of no, any that, actual political insight. Also, uh, you've got, you know, 30, 45 seconds and you still do need to thank the Academy and your agent and all these people. Sure. So you cut that down. I got 20 seconds to make some grand point that's right. going to be, you know, groundbreaking and repeated over and over for the next several weeks and gain, right. you know, all this attention, you know, uh, toward a cause that I'm, I'm really behind. Uh, I, I think the best uh, example just, of this ahead, was uh, when uh, Mickey Rourke, okay, the, the, the wrestler. Right. Great, right, right. great movie, great performance. You Not know, to be what, confused with his other Oscar wins or anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, but he was up for best actor and he was a shoe in to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was, considered a shoe-in he went to the globes and he said some dumb shit like you know i don't know why everyone's blaming george w bush (laughs) it's like in 07 or something and of course he just like oh yeah gets gets whacked and doesn't get it at the oscars it goes to sean penn for milk which is another great role but sure sure but that was like a prime example of like no this is like a certain politics and a certain way of playing politics being used you know, in my opinion, I think the performance was better by Mickey Rourke. He's a dumbass for d- yeah. defending George W. Sure. Bush. Do you want to give him that platform, or you got, uh, you know, the, Sean uh, Penn? Wrestler is uh, Aronofsky. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, I'm not even defending Aronofsky. No, <laughs> right. I, I I will not defend <laughs> will not on this show. Rewatch Pi and t- to look me in the face and rewatch Pi and tell me it's good. It, like. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was? Yeah, it I did think it was. I haven't sure. seen it since nah, I originally saw it. It just looks cheap. It. It's cool. Whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. And in college, no, no. I mean, like, oh, I haven't seen black it and white since. And it's about it yeah, yeah. So get, there get, are those give it a like. Whirl listen, folks. There are movies you should not rewatch if you have a nice memory of it, especially kind of anything in the eighties. If you've got a good memory of that film, don't rewatch it. Just keep that nice memory because most of them will disappoint you. Oh, for sure. Do not rewatch short circuit and (laughs) too deeply into Fisher Stevens and Brownface. Well, this isn't 1950s, 60s Paris and isn't 1980s America. It's 2020 and we're catching up. Let's look at the 2020 Oscar nominations. What have we got? Uh, Who's leading the pack this year? <laughs> Can you believe it? Joker has 11 nominations, leading everyone. And, I mean, can we just talk about Joker for a minute? Yeah, let's just do Joker. Uh, it's leading the pack. Wait, Variety. Or, no, no, Slate, which, uh, you know, I'm not here schlepping Slate magazine, but they, here's their, <laughs> thanks, Alexia, for, this is awesome. Here's the headline from Slate article. Joker's Oscar nominations are a joke. Stop the madness. The movie is dumb as hell. (laughs) And here's the first paragraph. It's great. Uh, Look, it was fine when people liked Joker. It made a billion dollars. That's understandable. It's a comic book movie with style. It won the Golden Lion at Venice. I mean, Hirokazu Koroeda was not thrilled, I'm sure, but it's great that a film festival thought outside the box. Joaquin Phoenix got a bunch of acting actor attention in critics polls and lesser awards no problem it's a showy performance the guy lost so much weight throw him a bone as award season went on though it became more and more clear that the film might be a real player god damn and that it gets scary right it, we live in a society this is this, this is the politics shit it's, yeah man it's ah no no it, it no, thinks it, the movie's fine if anyone hasn't seen joker it's fine it's fine. I didn't care for it, but yeah. It thinks it's Hitchcock. It acts like it hit. I think uh, the, the good acting and the good score actually do a disservice because it makes the movie take itself too seriously. Yeah. I mean, look, I just, I won't go into this, but watch Taxi Driver and watch Joker. 
and yeah, compare. I mean, there. Listen, there's a difference between. I had this conversation last night. There's a difference between homage, you know, and giving a nod to you know these icons of cinema that you know you've been influenced by. I get it. Mm. And then there's straight up lifting of shot sequences and things like you know that right. are just. Uh, it just seems so ornamental and you know very much a surface level kind of film for me I, I didn't feel any depth there I didn't walk away thinking about anything other than Joaquin Phoenix was great and, and the music was pretty good you know yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Taxi Driver for the 40th time today and I'll still be sitting there a little fucked up at the end of it you know <laughs> I, I do think the um, the twists on King of Comedy right yeah, was was good and whether or not that can be considered an homage or again just a straight up yeah hasty I, I didn't even hate that rubbing. that that didn't bother me at all because it is kind of it was almost kind of sanctioned by Scorsese De Niro's in the role and he's playing he's playing Jerry Lewis's role yeah, exactly. instead of Jerry his, Langford yeah uh, right kind of kind of character but yeah no so I get all of that mm. I got the king of comedy stuff truly what only a few critics were talking about was was I came out feeling like I watched a student version of Taxi Driver mm. uh, with a lot of flair. Like a well-done you know. super. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, but like... Uh, but also some Batman homages in there. Right, you know, right. Some, some like very like light touch, like, oh, and don't forget, right. this is a comic book movie. So. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Batman's right around the corner. Um, so anyway, look, Joker got 11 nominations. Holy crap. Um, right on. Very let's strange. Get, but let's do Best Picture. Let's go through them. Let's do it. Sure. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Whatever. And, you know, here's the thing. It was a big studio movie, big actors, movie stars. It it came off well. People generally enjoyed it, and it made money. It's going to get a nomination. Yeah, they got to check. That's how that works. Yeah, because there weren't any other good movies last year. (laughs) Uh, The Irishman, that's another Scorsese knockoff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jojo Rabbit. I I actually haven't seen it. I've heard that that it's like... a total acid trip of uh, really, of, uh, yeah. I, I I hear that it's like it takes a huge turn. Not, not to spoil it for anyone who also hasn't seen it. I love pretty much everything that Taika Waititi's fingerprints yeah, yeah. are on. So mm-hmm. no, I, no, I, but, I, it somehow slipped past me as well, and I mm-hmm. I, f- I still feel like I need to find it if it's out there and go see it. Yeah, I'm sure I've taken a strong. S- uh, yeah. stance that I'm underimpressed without having seen it, and I'll probably <laughs> see it, and I'll probably reevaluate that but i'll probably stand by it a little bit too mm. uh joker love it top of the pack obviously there's one Clearly. alpha movie here uh, little women little women uh i hear it's great uh greta, i liked it yeah it's great greta gets snubbed uh she got a yeah. uh, screenplay but not a director not, direct. yeah. not director she sails across the damn Atlantic on a on a dinghy yep. <laughs> to tell us about climate change. They won't even give her the okay. All Is right. there anything that little Swedish girl can't do? Honestly, uh, no. <laughs> Marriage story, um, it's good. Yeah. Bombeck getting Bombeck. recognized for being Bombeck, you know, in his Bombeckiness, you know. <laughs> uh, 1917, the savior of 2019. Yeah, exactly. For the, the, for the Academy, for sure. Uh, I stand by... Okay, the other ones, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. Yep. I yeah. stand by without having seen 1917, which I hear is good. It's uh, very good. It I, came in just at the nick of time for it, the Academy because they were going to be yeah. forced to pick between Parasite, which 
clearly deserves Best Picture, mm-hmm. but it it is cleaned up. It has won the most awards this year right. out of all the festivals combined. It's yeah, yeah. It's way in the lead for the awards count and mm-hmm. real awards. Not one the of Oscars. the one of the biggest money makers for a foreign film of all time. I mean, like yeah. again, critical acclaim and and, and the audiences are success. there. So yeah. it's gonna have to pick between Parasite, a foreign movie which they've never given Best Picture to, right? And Marriage Story, probably, because it was a likely contender. And they don't want to give it to a Netflix movie, either. No, they really don't. Right, no, no. This, well, yeah. And they're like, thank you, it's not Roma. We, we don't have to pull a Green Book, <laughs> which they got lambasted on last year. Right, sure. Uh, and now they have 1917. They're like, oh, see, it's like kind of like War's Bad. Yeah. Never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a safe. I, f- I feel like it's always a safe bet to make a soaring war epic. Um, and I think that the the ground of World War Two is well enough tread that right. the um, World War One stories, you know, are like, I don't want to say in vogue, but like it's it's seemingly kind of a, a new, you know. It's getting re-examined. It's getting re-examined. That's Listen, what I'm trying to say. The, yeah. You can pick whatever damn war you want. If you're doing 1917, there's an October Revolution. That's sure. the real one we want to see. You might as well just do that. This I'm I'm pissed off. That it's called ni- not 1918 or some nonsense. Yeah. 1917. Yeah, it's not right. even about the Russian Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How <dare> Trash. They? <laughs> How dare they? Oh, goodness. Uh, listen, I've seen the film. It's fantastic. Uh, technically, it's as skilled as anything. I've like Russian arc. Um, you know things like that. They're just like technical marvels. I sat there. I'm not kidding. I'm not giving anything away either. I think the opening shot's about 38 minutes. Oh, just one continuous. Um, no break. They're coming from coming. handheld onto cranes, right. onto track, onto right. Steadicam, back, this, you know, and just all the way through and this, one shot. Again, no spoilers for World War One. This is them leaving the trenches is the opening yeah, shot. Right. Yeah, right. Well, they get, yeah. It, I mean, it, listen, it does a great job as far as a war film you know, is concerned, I guess, if we're grouping those things like that, um, because it it puts you right in the middle of it in this very intimate way, which yeah. is perfect for trench sure. warfare yeah. uh, and the, the awful conditions that you had to exist in in 1917 in a trench in, in you know, France or Germany or wherever the hell you ended up being. Um, and you're two minutes in and it's it's game on. Like, we're going, we're moving, uh-huh. and the camera never stops, and it's good. You know, I mean, it's just technically as good as I'm it sure. gets. The The two leads are fantastic. You root for them right away. They've got such likable faces. <laughs> uh, and they're just, no, they do. They have those Give them of, best like, faces, best, best grips, why best cranes. Why don't we have a best faces category at the Oscars? <laughs> well, we, most likable. Well, because Brad Pitt would Spoiler, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, supporting actor is definitely the best faces. That's always what that is. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah, 1917, well worth seeing. It is exactly what you said. It was like uh, the great white hope for the Oscars to go, mm. oh, thank God we don't have to like wrestle between actually making hard decisions. I'd here. rather Joker win this. than this movie. I'm honest. Yeah, but I'm not going to. Absolutely, I'd rather Joker win because then at least this thing is funny. They're gonna like. Then they get green booked again. You know, they're gonna right. be made fun of for just being a well, joke. But they should be. They what should know? be. Sure. This 1917. And I don't uh, think giving it to Joker makes it okay. I what, think you know. What about the the sort of meta commentary on the jokiness of the Oscars by giving it to Joker? That's why I'd rather the Joker. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if right if the whole Hollywood establishment like lets down the lets the mask slip a little bit and like with a wink and a smile is like all right we uh, we all know right. it's all just okay. nonsense it's all yeah, smoke. Yeah. Who cares? 
Yeah, I'd like. I'd appreciate that. All those people take themselves way, 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 way too seriously for that to ever happen. Oh, for sure. Um, there's money and politics involved in the likes of which we don't even fully, you know, understand. And I feel about as well read on cinema as as most people I run into. Before we even get to the other categories, which this is going to be. Sorry, Left Bank. Uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you're going to get nothing. But uh, can we talk about A24? The the yeah, something that doesn't show up at all around here not really definitely not in best picture uh a24 just throw out some movies that a they did killer year. year let's just look at their damn year uh uncut gems mm. okay so which i'll should have been best picture nod nod should have got best actor, actor for sure i for mean certain sandler step out of his comfort zone that far yeah. uh, and, and incredible Right, gave a you know punch drug love level you know su- even oh, better. even better I've even better much. yeah yeah. Um, uh, anyway, go ahead. We got the farewell, Aquafina. Mm. Ob- uh, how is that? Not also got there? snubbed. Yeah, it's completely snubbed. Uh, the lighthouse. Okay, I'll Willem be honest. Defoe. It made everyone's best of list. Right. I didn't expect to see it for best picture. Clearly, it's the Oscars. Right. What? Did but you William Defoe for best supporting actor. Yeah. How in the hell? Uh, not seeing that. Midsummer. Uh, Nothing. Not you know? sound, yeah. Not costume art direction. Design, costume art. design, I would have said, would definitely uh, right. be. But the sound in that movie is amazing. Last Black Man in San Francisco, I just mm. think. Could have had a screenplay. Really they could have patted themselves on the back and thrown it in the screenplay to never take it seriously. They didn't even do that. Uh, souvenir here was great. High Life was great. Uh, they just had a great year. Yeah, strong uh, year. But what I've been seeing on Twitter, like a month ago, I saw a lot of, uh, I think maybe Zach Scharf. Who writes for IndieWire? Mm-hmm. He, some other people, I'm quoting him, I'm not sure if it was him, but people were talking about A24 wasn't courting everyone. That right. was a complaint. They didn't campaign. They weren't playing the game. Um, and maybe they're like, you know what, we don't need to play the game. It obviously doesn't pay off for them that maybe they're yeah. miffed they didn't right. win before, but apparently they didn't court. Yeah, I'd like Academy to know what Hard. the real story is there. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, another complaint has been that they've been letting some of their titles sink if they didn't get the traction they wanted. Right. Um, Again, yeah, just I'd like to know what the real story is. If there is some sort of political stance of like, hey, we're just not going to play this, you know, please vote for our guy campaign, you know, to get a nomination or whatever. You know, that's one thing. I can respect that. Um, But it is a business. (laughs) Well, yeah, I wonder... well, but you it costs want people a lot of money. to see these films. Nominations sure. get more people to see your film. Mm-hmm. Your film stays in the theater longer. Like you know, bang, 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 bang. and the right. prestige. And it's an investment. Yeah, you know. it, uh, Oscar, even Oscar nominated film. Absolutely, whatever. Uncut people are going to go the see farewell. It. Like not even just go see that film, but then you attract yep. more attention to your studio. You Absolutely, know, you get more people to join on. More like, money oh, you comes guys, in. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor just to be nominated, but like the fact that the Academy recognized your achievements, even just by giving mm-hmm. you a like a tacit nod of like, right. that was good. It wasn't good enough to win because you didn't, you know, pat the right backs and grease the right palms. Right. It just draws a lot of attention to you and lets you do more as, right. as time rolls on. Um, huge uh, snub that we're missing in the lead actress category. We got Cynthia Erivo, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson uh, Saoirse Ronan, why did Charlize Theron, Renee Zellweger, clever with the names, guys. Uh, <laughs> There's no J-Lo. No Jenny from the block. For, um, the supporting actress. Oh, she's for supporting actress. Yeah, uh, should have been supporting. Um, yeah, again, this is one of those things. I'm looking at that like from the Academy standpoint. What I don't understand is if you, if it is just pomp and circumstances, or circumstance, I keep saying circumstance, um, then 
let's get the movie stars in. Yeah. Give Sandler the nomination. You're going to get five million more people to watch the Oscars if Adam Sandler gets nominated yeah. because everybody's going to tune in to go. I hope he's wins. You know, I'd love Just, to see him make a speech. Think, yeah. it, yeah. think it's yeah. retribution for uh, him going to Netflix. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I have, and the Academy hates Adam. I mean, rightfully oh, so. No, no, they no. hate Adam Sandler for sure. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I feel like there there was some consideration in that room of like, well, this is the same guy that made the ridiculous six. So right. Like, are we going to award that kind of behavior? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> right. Not whatsoever. But I, yeah. think, I do really think they're coming around on Netflix. Like the very fact that Netflix leads all studios. Yeah. Twenty five. Like Twenty five nom- nominations. Yeah, yeah. It's just proof. And the fact that they just have more money than God to throw out there at guys like Scorsese and they're like, make your three and a half hour uh-huh. epic yeah. film, which I have to confess, I haven't gotten all the way through. I've tried three times. I saw it at the theater. Watch Joker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so director, we got Scorsese, Todd Phillips, Sam Mendes, Quentin Tarantino, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, hmm. Missing Greta Gerwig there? Um, I don't know. I mean, Little Women is fine, uh, and she did a great adaptation of it, and everyone is very strong, and it's very mm-hmm. actorly, and so there was a lot of work, no doubt. Um, but I wasn't surprised to not see her, I guess, is the thing. If right. I was surprised to not see her, it was only because I thought maybe they would nominate a They'll woman just to, for the PR. Another pat um, on the back exactly. kind of thing. And they didn't do that. Um, so whatever, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Another big blunt or big hole is in their best documentary feature. Oh my God! How did Apollo Eleven not get nominated? This is probably uh, we were saying this before the before air. This was probably the most critically acclaimed film aside from Parasite this year, mm-hmm. and it made money. And it's a documentary. Like people are still seeing it in theaters, and it was um, a cinematic experience yes. specific to theaters, which they exactly. love. Exactly, and yeah, nothing. Well, there's at least two Netflix, Netflix, maybe more, uh, in the, the best the, documentary feature. The singular is Netflix. Actually. Netflix. You were right. There's two. There's. I thought there was one Netflix, but there are two Netflix in this. Yeah, there's American Factory, which was good, mm-hmm. uh, and Edge of Democracy by Petra Casa, which made my top ten of the year. I, mm-hmm. I, since there is no Apollo Eleven on this, that's what I'm rooting for. Edge of Democracy. Mm-hmm. Do you? Um, you know, I mean, we've been seeing a lot uh, in the last two years of um, uh, like large American franchises trying to cater more to international audiences, specifically to Chinese audiences. Oh, sure, sure, I, sure. I've read sort of uh, like a, a fringe theory that um, Apollo 11 may have gotten snubbed as a deference to uh, the Chinese because it's like too glorifying of oh, our no. achievements. It's like too pro-American to pro-West especially from an era when we were distinctly enemies like the narrative was good versus evil not like now I know it's a fringe theory but like it just I I thought it bore mentioning that you know there's there's certainly like something to be said about not wanting to like you know in in the uh, Doctor Strange uh, uh, film uh-huh. They made oh, the ancient sure. one Celtic because apparently there was this like revulsion to having a an East Asian or specifically a Chinese uh, mystic, right? You know, yeah. yeah. The, the the sort of well, because it's racist. Not only is it racist, <laughs> yeah. but like the official stance now is that like we don't. That's like not that's not Chinese culture anymore. Like mysticism and like sure, the ancient sure. arts is not where China is nowadays. So don't put that in there, or otherwise we won't show it in the international market. Yeah, mm. but Doctor Strange is like. Yeah, trying it's, to open itself to, to to big event marketplaces all around the world. The Academy Correct. Awards seem a little less 
uh, concerned in that, but I, I see the big, I see that big arc. In um, yeah, like the right, the not, uh, yeah. Anyway, possible. So that's all I'm saying. Let's play. Well, if you were gonna, it's get, China's fault. If you were gonna, you know, try to make nice with with Asia, you may have given Aquafina a nomination for mm-hmm. best actress for the farewell, uh, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Yeah. So, even though she won the Academy or the Golden Globe. Yeah. You know? First. Um, Asian American woman to win a lead actress yeah. in the Golden Globe, right? right? Not for you don't um, want to get on that movie, train. Not for uh, Oscars. No, TV. I mean that—that's what is dumb about the whole list. It's not adventurous, uh, and it's not even clever. And they're a little checking off the boxes, right? Metrics, yeah, they even so. managed to get that wrong in a lot of ways. Right? Yeah, like. It's very, it's very frustrating. Even at your own rules, you, you're, you're bad at it. In what was a very strong year cinematically. Like, we had a lot of good movies this year, I mm. thought, uh, compared so people, to last year. People sure. have been bringing up that there could be an... If someone was quick, we talked about this, someone could just be put very, up a snubs award or just an A24 award. Mm, just right. do like all the do things that are snubbed yeah. uh, and have all those up. and Literally just have like nominees from everybody who didn't get nominated. You could have another five easy... You know, You'd have actor, a, a good artist. award yeah. show. You call it be the, great. The Notskers. The, the Notskers. There we go. Oh there it is. God. There it is. All right. Write that down. Someone write that, write that on my computer. Uh, all right. Never mind 2020. Let's step in the, in the way back machine. Let's go to uh, 1955. Let's do it. 1955. I hope you said that right because this machine is awful, awful <laughs> testy. Uh, so a little actually precluding, if that's a... The prequel to the French New Wave mm. is actually the Left Bank, even though they weren't called such yet. Never heard of it. But uh, left of the what river? The Seine. It's the Seine. Uh, called the Rive Gauche, literally the, in the French. Rive Gauche, the, the, left the left bank of the Seine, which is where all the cool happening stuff was. You know, the artsy, the hipster side. Exactly. So imagine, if you will, Williamsburg, 1999. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, just we, about to gentrify. Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a handful of good documentarians, uh, mostly French, and w- one, one, American. one American expat, um, yeah. just kind of like the salons of Paris in the 20s. But we, we have a cool film movement there of a lot of documentary filmmakers. Uh, we're going to focus mostly on Alain René, Agnes Farda, and Chris Marker, even though we're not showing any of his movies at Sun this month. Uh, He's, he's got to get his due. Yeah, he's an important figure of the left bank. Uh, it's often lumped in with the French New Wave. Uh, th- there's a good article by Sense of Cinema. It's real long. If you really want to learn more about French New Wave, then we'll tell you about or the left bank. Read the Sense of Cinema article on the left bank. Thank you for sending that to me because that was really eye-opening. Yeah, like, I have. O- I had always thought that those two terms were totally mm-hmm. synonymous. With Here, one another. Here's the, uh, the first paragraph. The Left Bank group are one of the most unjustly overlooked groups in the history of European cinema. Perhaps this is due to the fact that their films tended to be politically, aesthetically, and intellectually demanding. Perhaps it's because they have been seen unjustly as being a highly literary as opposed to cinematic group. Or perhaps it is simply because their existence as French filmmakers in the late 1950s and early 1960s was chronologically concurrent with and thus overshadowed by the most famous of all movements in the past 50 years of cinema, the French New Wave. I think that says it well. Yeah, that's a great uh, introduction to So, see 400 Blows if you haven't. See Truffaut's 400 Blows. See Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless. Uh, great movies really kick off the French New Wave, but a little bit before that, you were getting Hiroshima, Hiroshima Mon Amour, 
when was Agnes Varda's first feature? Anyone know this? Pop quiz? Uh, I'm sure it's Chloe. Uh, or Cleo. Cleo, sorry. Cleo uh, five, from 5 to 7. Which um, is kind of making fun of Godard a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And um, I'm sure that was, was her when, first. When was that? Is that early 50s or is that even late 40s? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. It was like uh, the only early one I, 60s. The only one I know that was working in the late 40s was Rene was, was making some of his early docs. Uh-huh. Um, and up until Hiroshima, Hiroshima Monomore, which is his first big feature he was commissioned to do all his work which i thought was funny he wasn't there like he was making money he was making money just doing good docs he got commissioned to make a doc about uh post-war hiroshima Hiroshima. yeah and was like can't do this (laughs) how do i tell this story you know so let me take some of this footage i've got and put a love story on top of it and maybe that'll be a way it can be relatable and we can kind of you know get some of this information out under the guise of a love story, you know, mm. uh, which worked. Yeah. And, and it, it's one of the you know greatest films of, of that generation. Definitely. And it, it, you know, it ties to a, a universal theme of uh, sorrow that yeah. humans can feel, um, which is a good way to try to deal with that as like an outsider who couldn't really have probably told the story well anyways. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, a good way of, of just bringing it to, like I said, a human level. We're talking about humanity in a, in a larger sense, not, you know, it's just perfect, perfectly cast and, and, uh, you know, delivered in, in the form of this couple's story. And then jump up to like full swing French new wave. Rene puts out another, Big movie last year at Marion Bad, which we just showed this weekend. Yeah. Jason, you just saw it. Give, just give saw us a little it. review of this movie. Okay, so um, look, this is not going to be for everyone. Uh, I would start if because people were at. We basically almost rented out Suns for the Sunday night viewing of this, and had about thirty friends, you know, coming in to see it. None of whom had seen the film, and uh, so I was constantly getting peppered with. You know, can you tell me a little bit about it? And I'm like, last year at Marionbot? I mean, like, how am I going to tell you? It's like asking me, tell me a little bit about Mulholland Drive, you know? And I think those two make a, a good comparison. Great comparison. Um, because Lynch was obviously inspired, you know, um, by Renee's work. And it is that kind of story where it's looping. Uh, it's not following anything. It's a real dream sequence, kind of dreams, mm-hmm. dreamscape, mood, uh, place you've got to put yourself in as an audience member. And if you can go there and just kind of give yourself over you know, to the lack of plot, uh, because basically the entire film is just a guy trying to convince a woman that they had agreed to meet at the present day because of their time together last a year, year in Miriam. <laughs> yeah. And so, that said, if you love cinema and you think of yourself as someone who, you know, is a lover of foreign films and, and all of that, you've got to see this film. It's one of the most beautiful films ever, you know, uh, put on celluloid. And it was daring and audacious, and I think it worked beautifully. It's polarizing as hell, mm-hmm. as most of those things are, as someone like Lynch is and Mulholland Drive is. But 
if I would say if you like Mulholland Drive, you're going to love Last Year Marion Bot. When you say polarizing, you mean it's very much a, oh my God, I love it. This is such a brilliant oeuvre or like. Or I, I don't want to be didn't. your friend anymore because you <laughs> recommended this. Wait, I, I don't get this at all. Like, uh, just look, give me more Marvel movies and like I, six I'll, more Jokers. I'll be real honest, man. I mean, we had like four friends who, two of which didn't even make it to intermission. We're like, got to go. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for me. I'm not in the right headspace. Whatever. Yeah. Just not going to be my thing. I think that speaks uh, a lot to exactly what Ryan was just saying about the literary nature and the, oh, yeah, attentive, yeah, yeah. the attentiveness required of something like this. Right. Like it's not something they're that, not easy. It's and it's not something that you can put on the background or like Never. look down at your phone for two minutes and come back right into the story, not really having missed anything important. I don't know with that movie actually. Renee said you could even. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That one is like, but it's I know a what you're mood. Saying, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they have a the left bank filmmaker, especially Renee, was working with some of like the avant garde writers at the time. Right. They intersected. They often are noticed intersecting more with the literature at the time, right. and uh-huh. philosophers uh-huh. and stuff like that than than they are with filmmakers. Not super cinematic. Right. Even though they were trained, Renee was a an actor, a director of photography. Yeah. He had technical skills, but he was trying to set a mood here. Right. Uh, and I think if you're watching Last Year at Marion Bad for the concepts and the mood, the Chanel clothing throughout the whole movie, the beautiful mm. landscape, the, mm-hmm. the moving shots, obviously influential on like Kubrick or The Shining. Oh, no. The, yeah, that was. Hallways. I, I kept referencing that to Sunday night was The Shining. Right. The mood is great. But, Here's another take. Someone here. Oh. This was on Sun Cinema. David right. sent me this. Sun okay. Cinema's Facebook. Uh, on oh, nice. we made a post on last year at Marionette. I love it. Um, uh, Sun's uh, engager here. Unwatchable, infuriating, pretentious, florid, and opaque. Are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Marinbad? <laughs> I love it. Nice. <laughs> Great Summer. review. Also unwatchable, infuriating, and pretentious. If that's how you're going to come into the movie, it. It is all of those things. Also. Sure, florid. That's a, <laughs> florid that's a, and right. opaque. Yeah, right, wow, right. love it. It's a it's a wonderful movie. But I did listen to. I, I was like, are there any left bank podcasts out there? I listened to these these Scottish guys mm-hmm. have a great podcast called Fuds on Film. I've only listened to this one episode. Oh, okay, but yeah. they abs- yeah, yeah. they're like they'll bear with Hiroshima Mona Moore. Like one of them is like, eh, it's good storytelling and writing. The other guys are like, I don't know, not for me, but I guess you got to see it. <laughs> Last year at Marionette, all of them were just like, how can you watch? One of them watches the second half at double speed because he's just like, how do I get through this movie? <laughs> oh, no. like, oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, okay. It's not, uh, right. it's not for everyone. Sure. But if you want to see like a mood and some great clothing and just a really beautiful looking yeah. storytelling. And it's. It's vague about how you remember things. It's, yeah, it's playing no, with... for sure. They're memory. having all kinds of fun, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean really, sounds... truly, it feels, to me, when I watch it, it feels fun. Like, yeah. they were inventing, you know, editing styles. They were, you know, saying, like, how long will a person hang with us? And they do this great... There's a shot where they're, they're tracking back. Uh, we're following the, the lead female character, and, and she kind of passes the camera, and the camera just kind of stops almost in like a rocking motion for a second and it stops. And then you realize like you slowly start picking up people that are in the room that she just walked through that you didn't see. Like it takes you, Mm. he was smart enough to realize like this is going to take a second right? for them to understand what I'm doing here. Just let it, you know, wait for it. There you go. (laughs) You know, like it, it had that kind of moment where you're like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Like, and if you like that kind of thing, and if you're nerdy in that way, like I'm obviously nerdy in that way, um, 
by all means, rush out and see this film. Hmm. Um, Well, this brings me to like one of the things you'll hear about the left bank is that left in the sense politically as well. But then if you look at, sure, Hiroshima Monomore is like relatively anti-war, you know, an anti-tragedy. And as as most people should be, I was anti-tragedy is a pretty... Exactly. Yeah. So I, what I think I appreciate about the left bank filmmakers and the movies I'm familiar with are, yeah, sure, I'm sure he is political, but it, it doesn't show up in some shallow, like, spot-on signif- significations. Some last year, Marion Bad Oscar certainly... Oscar speech style, you know, like, right. I have yeah. my, tw- you know, 20 minutes to talk about, like, how terrible war is in right, a very right. uninteresting, yeah. and unoriginal <laughs> exactly. kind of way. Totally. And last year, Marion Bad is like, opulent and it's not criticizing that it, so i don't think of it being notably political no i don't think so either. um mm-hmm. but there is something about just the sensibility and the the what i'm imagining is that the comfortability of their politics is that it isn't so so full-on and obvious right. and token it, it it's just part of well and even him. like cleo uh <laughs> well i'd say agnes varda is where you get to way more sophisticated politics right yeah and, but i mean that's the thing it's like super sophisticated it's not you know uh, throwing mud or anything like that. It just has these little things uh, like in Cleo where on the radio you're just hearing you know, a, a snippet about Kennedy and Khrushchev, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. having an engagement and like then it's off and it's off onto pop music, you know, and it's like, yeah, because that's how you kind of digest things even in 1960, you know, you were kind of like, you catch a snippet. It was the radio, you right. caught a little bit of something and now it's onto this pop song, you know. And maintenant la nouvelle chanson des Beatles, qui s'appelle I Want to Hold Your Hand. Exactly. But, that's, but that is like, a, that is a certain political sophistication that she doesn't have to like harp on a certain political scenario wow. uh, it's, it's like how uh, Teen Vogue you know has done a good job of like yeah we can review lipstick and we can also like talk about feminist politics yeah. like yeah we're capable of all of this I've thought about that a little bit the political side of that because I've done the same I've, I've read some things as well and the thing I think that makes that difference um, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this like critically but it's the documentarian. They were all documentarians. Exactly. Right. So they're much better at just showing you something and mm-hmm. letting you come up with your own reaction and letting you take that and filter it through your brain, you not know, and move on. Beating you over the head not with telling the point you, of yeah, that. not telling you something, just right. showing you something. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Agnes Varda like her specifically her politics are like more apparent in her process than mm-hmm. in her in the messaging of it. The mm-hmm. fact that she like gets down to a level if it's in her later work of like Vagabond or, or the, um, the one about the foraging. Oh. Uh, uh, um, uh, the Gleaners. Or, or no. Ah, blank on. Anyways. Right. Agnes Varda, what she does is she moves into like the point of view, changing where the point of view is coming from. Instead of like Godard or someone who's like narrating something to you and constantly showing you that he's a leftist. Like... I think she's the most politically sophisticated. Like, Godard's proclaimed Maoism is almost like theater compared to Varda's willingness yeah. to actually, like, change the point of view of where you're seeing a story from. Sure. What's interesting about that proclaimed and maybe even performative leftism totally. is that one of the things, and I hope we'll get to talk about this, uh, that the article mentions about the, the differentiation between the left bank and the new wave is the portrayal of gender roles and the yeah. portrayal of societal right. interactions and how a persistent criticism apparently of Godard was that he was 
a militant misogynist in spite of his extreme left leanings, which is sort of like if somebody claims to be a Maoist, especially in that era, one of the central tenets is that like men and women are equal equal. and they're all, we're all in the common united struggle for, for freedom of labor, even though it doesn't really pan out that way at the end of the day. Um, But that like he would hold those, I guess I don't want to necessarily just call them like flagrantly French views about like, you know, women's place in society and women's place in, in cinema. Um, it's just, it's like odd that, you know, there is that kind of, uh, dichotomy in like the way he viewed politics versus the way he actually apparently interacted with people. Right. Yeah. And we only have a couple minutes here left, but I think someone who, another left bank director, Chris Marker, Mm -hmm. who's very obvious with his politics. Mm -hmm. However, like you don't even see his blatant political work until later. He does like Grin Without a Cat, which is about revolutionary movements documentary but in Le Chetit, his big work which influenced 12 monkeys yeah it's he's more is 12 monkeys yeah it is 12 monkeys and he's messing with like uh perceptions of memory of time travel of science fiction right. of uh, a, a post nuclear or post uh, dystopian world like he is seeing the apocalypse but he just uses that as a setting rather than like explain some political right. ideology to you. Right, right, He's just right. like, let's just make it the setting. It feeds into my work and I'll make a sci-fi work. And if you remotely, you know, are interested in, in this kind of stuff in any way, Lejeté, which I guess translates what? The Jeté is the Jeté, Jeté, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's uh, a jetty in English. The, jetty, the same yeah, right. word, the jetty. But anyway, it was, you know, basically a 20, it's 28 minutes, totally digestible. You can make it. Um, and... It's fascinating. It's done, I think, almost exclusively with still images. Uh, uh, maybe one or two he like zooms in on, but gotcha. they're, they're just photographs. Yeah, yeah, it's just holding photographs, so it's not even like a, a, a cinema experience like you've had before, uh, but it works, and you, you see the brilliance of it, and that's how you end up you know, uh, with 12 Monkeys is just... <laughs> the expanded the expanded version of that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do it. just closing real quick. Uh, watch Chris Marker's Legetti. It takes like twenty eight minutes. Uh, watch Agnes Varda's Clea from five to seven as a good her spot in the new wave. Uh, watch last year at Marionbad. Uh, get high first. Do whatever you'd like first. Wear some yeah. fancy How, clothes. However, you need to experience the lack right. of, of, of veracity of memory. Exactly. And I would say of, of Jacques Demy, who was Varda's husband and part of this this movement as well. As well, kind of an overlooked film of his called uh, Donkey Skin from 1970. Donkey Skin. It. I promise you, you will not be able to watch it and not think about the Princess Bride. It is absolutely oh, really? the jumping off point for the Princess Bride and William really? Goldman's script. So watch I Donkey Skin. You. It's really good. It's, it's fun. Is it? Is it's it, also it, Catherine Deneuve and she's um, oh, then amazing. Say no more. Right. Say, uh, well, on that note, I'll say no more. Uh, Max, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we gotta, we gotta run. We're, they're pushing us out. They're sweeping us out of the line hotel right now. Yeah. Uh, can we just listen to the Scottish fuds on film uh, play us out while they like, don't understand new wave? It's wonderful. I'm sitting there thinking, this is really the emperor's new clothes. I think a lot yeah. of people <laughs> proclaim to love the Nouvelle Vague purely to be seen to be saying that they love the Nouvelle Vague. I'm, I'm not going to be in that gang. Um, I quite certifiably find the movement, as we've explored it, at least with some of these headline movies, to have been quite a big disappointment. But there are clearly gems amongst there. And as you say, Scott, perhaps if we dug uh, further down into some of the lesser known titles, we might actually find more of uh, reward there. Which I suppose... They-